Welcome to your weekly Nutrition Nuggets podcast. I'm Eric Williamson, PhD dietitian. I'm here with dietitian Abraham Andrakushan. We're here to distill the research on hot topics in nutrition into digestible and applicable takeaways. If you're new here, be sure to subscribe to this channel and follow us on Instagram at Nutrition Nuggets. All right, my friend, welcome to another episode of Nutrition Nuggets. And in this episode, we will be talking about milk and milk alternatives. How are you, Eric? Great, Abraham. Great to be back. So we talk a lot about like, uh, we hear a lot about actually cow milk. And we are recently having lots of bad reputation about uh, drinking cow's milk can increase like overall body inflammation. Uh, it can cause this and that kind of issues. And uh, kind of uh, we fear developing fear around like having cow's milk. So what are your thoughts on that, Eric? Well, there's a lot to unpack there. However, overall, the research would suggest that cow's milk is safe and healthy to consume it has a lot of nutrients in it that allows us to meet our daily requirements and some of these fears stem from things like igf1 or inflammation and other also you know different things that get pinned on cow's milk for different reasons however if we look at the overall data for people, and as you follow them through life, consuming cow's milk and other types of dairy, they tend to have improved health markers compared to those who drink less dairy. Of course, there could be other things associated with that. They may be more likely to eat whole foods or a more nutritious diet in general. However, there's certainly mechanistic reason to believe that cow's milk and dairy milk, uh, dairy products could be contributing to that because they do provide a high quality source of protein as well as other nutrients and some that can be hard to find elsewhere like calcium. Right. So from what I'm hearing, it's not just like it's nourished because it's high in vitamin A, D, and also other kind of important minerals. But what you are saying as well is opposite of what we are listening about increasing inflammation. So over time, in a chronic way, it's actually helping to reduce that inflammation. That's right. Yeah, that's a good point to make is that any protein source is going to increase inflammation mm -hmm. acutely. What that means is for a short period of time after its consumption and part of the main reason for that is because protein stimulates muscle protein and also whole body tissue turnover, which means that the protein that's currently in our organs, like muscle, is being replaced by the protein that we just ate. Right. And when after we've exercised, we are building on top of those proteins so that we come back stronger, faster, more fatigue resistant. And that process requires inflammation. It requires the delivery of water and other nutrients to the area. And that's inflammation. That's the what inflammatory markers 
a trigger for that process. So it's part of the process of muscle building. It's healthy inflammation to have like some sort of inflammation. Yeah. I think that's something that's important to clarify for people in general is that acute inflammation serves a purpose. It's in fact, a good thing where for instance, if we injure ourselves, we have inflammation to the area and that helps repair the damaged tissue for recovery. The issue is chronic inflammation where our bodies are always having these circulating levels of these inflammatory markers. And that can result in increased damage to tissue, reduce blood flow to certain organs, reduce blood flow to certain cells that need them. And the primary way in which humans develop chronic inflammation is from developing high levels of adiposity or high levels of body fat. And it is in fact the adipose tissue that is sending these signals for the increases in inflammation. That's usually the primary cause of chronic inflammation. Absolutely. And I want to add regarding the milk that we kind of have those different uh, fat content of the milk. We have the whole milk, which comes around 3.5% milk. We have the 2%, we have 1%, and then we have the skim milk. So I want to mention that all this milk are similar in terms of their protein content, carb content, and all the minerals and micronutrients we talked about. The only factor that is different between them is the fat itself. Mm-hmm. So what would you say for people like uh, trying to choose between those different sets or different uh, meals of different quantity in terms of the fat content? Okay, I'll answer this in relevance to adults. Now I'm going to pitch it back to you because I know you've told me some things about younger age groups. For adults, what we actually see in the research is that if you observe those who have higher intakes of full fat milk, we see actually improved health outcomes, which a lot of people may hear that and think that that's counterintuitive. They may believe that if somebody is consuming more fat, then perhaps they would see a detriment to individuals' health and longevity, but that doesn't seem to be the case. Mm-hmm. Part of it is we uh, believe that there's a what's called a food matrix where when we consume these fats with other micronutrients and everything that's within these foods, that they work synergistically together better than the individual nutrient on its own if you were to isolate that and take it as a supplement for example Mm -hmm. i just want to stop you there and so to make our audience clear that it's not always the nutrient itself we can we shouldn't sometimes isolate and look at single nutrient alone but how the mechanism when they are working together in the right proportions how that is impacting absolutely that's becoming a very hot topic Within the research community, there's a lot of speculation. There's a lot of hypotheses being generated in that area. There's tons of talk about it within the area that I 
do my research protein metabolism and looking at the effects of the food matrix on that there's still lots to learn but it's definitely an exciting area because it looks like this food matrix can be very positive for interest sake if ever, anyone's looking to learn more an exciting topic is the food matrix of cheese i'll tell you if you want to read some fascinating stuff search up the food matrix of cheese and you'll see that it can have a profound beneficial effect when these nutrients are consumed together in cheese relative to being consumed on their own. I see. So yeah, guys, so it's very important uh, to look the holistically and to look about like how together it's working. That's why sometimes we need to trust the nature and want come naturally and uh, as a whole food because uh, probably they uh, they are in a sink in a way that it's actually healthy and good to us. Mm-hmm. And now I want to pitch back that question as I promised. How about for younger age groups? You were telling me some interesting things about that. Right. So it's a little bit different when it comes to when we just uh, get a bird and then we are in the first two, three years of the human development. So initially, of course, the best thing until the first year of the development of the human baby, uh, the mother's milk, the human milk is the best. However, it's not always the case uh, when uh, we need to go over milk alternatives. But then when it comes to the ages between one and two, it becomes very important to mention that we need to give the baby whole meal unless the baby having some kind of uh, allergic reaction, which uh, easily can be tested running immunoglobulin E tests or intolerances uh, such as uh, for the lactose, which is the sugar in the milk. And when we don't have enough, the enzyme that breaks that sugar down, which called lactase, uh, the case. Now, in terms of the intolerance, there are ways to work with. You can either choose those lactose-free milks, which basically they added that enzyme within the milk that broke down the sugar for you, or you add the enzyme when you're drinking the milk, so it helps you to uh, digest that sugar. Now, in case of the allergy, of course, uh, the only thing you can do is avoiding the whole milk. So unless if you have an allergy, you shouldn't uh, give the baby like uh, reduced fat milks and stay and make sure to give the whole milk. And the reason behind that, because it has an important role to play in the brain development and during the first two years of the child the brain development becomes the important the most super interesting there's a couple other things that i want to add to this conversation as well coming back to when we were discussing where some of the misconceptions about milk come from one of them being that it increases IGF-1. We already covered inflammation. I would like to cover IGF-1 for maybe the small population of listeners out there who've heard about milk increasing IGF-1, IGF-1 being linked to cancer. I want to point out that it does increase IGF-1, but there are multiple types of food that increase IGF-1. There's fiber increases IGF-1. Calories in general increase IGF-1. 
protein increases IGF-1 and even uh, fiber. Did I say fiber? Yes. Fiber that I meant to say whole grains. So whole grains, fiber, protein, just calories in general, these all increase IGF-1. And the concern stems from being the circulating levels being too high. However, that has not, that, that connection has not been made as far as dairy increasing IGF-1 and dairy increasing cancer. Um, certainly we do see the individuals with high levels of IGF-1 may be leading to cancer. However, we don't know whether that, what direction that relationship comes from, whether it's the perhaps something else entirely in first increasing the IGF-1 and that being because of the cancer, for example. So we don't have that consistent data. In fact, if we look overall mortality, other diseases, including cardiovascular disease and cancer, dairy does not seem to increase the incidence. And I know there's a really interesting paper out there because there's going to be people out there thinking, what about the dairy funded research? Mm -hmm. It's all dairy funded. They must be paying for these results. And there's a cool study and you can just search the association of food industry ties and the effect of dairy intake on mortality. That'll bring up the paper. And they looked at studies that were not industry funded, compared them to studies that were industry funded, as in industry funded being by dairy companies in a lot of cases. And they still see an effect when mm -hmm. there is research, when the research is not industry funded. So those who do not have any possible incentive and i'm not saying even the industry funded studies are necessarily biased or the they are biased but i'm not saying that their results are fake by any means so we see there's a, a positive effect of dairy on health and reducing the risk of mortality um whether it's dairy funded or not and i want to bring something else on that note is that when you specifically mentioned about the IGF ones and leading to the cancer, and we are t talking about whole food, a whole like a milk, like a natural source. Whereas when we compare, when if you we really afraid or we are worried about uh, such a chronic uh, diseases, maybe we should further think about how I'm doing with my processed foods how am i doing with the food that are additives there are very artificial things uh, that is contributing because sometimes we get too into yeah. a details of really there is much of a bigger concern in our day-to-day -day intake rather than being focused on exactly a whole food something inside it like which is maybe have a relatively very insignificant effect if ever uh, and then uh, get scared of it or decide to uh, avoid that food where there, you are missing out on so many other benefits that comes with it i could not agree more absolutely that's something i talked to talk to people about it often as well cover the big rocks first Make sure you got your sleep in check, that you're getting adequate sleep, exercising regularly. Then if you want to take it to the next level, make sure you're getting aerobic exercise and, and strength exercise. Make sure you're not sitting for very prolonged periods of time. If you're smoking, quit smoking. Reduce your intake of processed foods, those types of things. 
yeah, I couldn't have said better. You, yeah, I'm happy you brought that point up. Right now, another thing I would like you to ask you now, we also have this big industry of the milk alternatives. And before I jump into that, like, let's say if someone is not necessarily avoiding milk for the sake of the health concern, rather than it doesn't like the taste or it doesn't fit with its uh, lifestyle or diet or uh, have a certain uh, serious kind of conditions like allergies or intolerances that upsetting stomach. So what would you comment on the milk alternatives? Yeah, I'm happy you brought that up. And I do want to point out that even though we see this positive effect of dairy, it doesn't mean that you can't have ex extremely great health without it. Of course, we don't need it, right? It's just that we shouldn't fear it. I think that's one of the main points here for absolutely. Health. And and there's multiple reasons, as you brought up. People don't like it for taste preference. It could be for environmental reasons, could be for animal welfare reasons, and those are totally understandable. And these days, these milk alternatives are doing a pretty good job at fortifying their products with some of the nutrients that we obtain from dairy milk, but wouldn't otherwise from these milks. So that means that these, these nutrients are being added, such as calcium mm -hmm. and vitamin D and B12. So we are still obtaining those nutrients by consuming these milk alternatives as opposed to dairy milk. That's, that's excellent. And research has even looked into seeing, is the calcium still as well absorbed? It is. We don't have to worry about absorption. We don't have to worry about lacking in these nutrients. The only nutrient that we may want to be considerate of is protein. Soy milk is a great alternative because it has very similar levels of protein to cow's milk. However, the other milk alternatives, almond milk, rice milk, oat milk, these are very low in protein. So if we're going to be choosing these milk alternatives, we just need to make sure that we're getting our protein from another source at that meal or snack. Absolutely. I also want to clarify a misconception when we kind of say, I don't know who brought this like almond milk, oat milk. When we say milk, uh, many people like think that there is a milk that comes out of the almond or soy, but that's not the case. The way the milk it produce using those milk alternative is literally the nut itself so that's why i love to call a nut a milk like or pressed nuts because here is an example like in order for uh you to get like the almond milk so the way they do is they suck those almonds inside the water and then they press it and puree it where you get that almond milk so just for you to have a clear picture on how those milk alternative been produced yeah. And just on that note, we may see that change eventually. I know that's on the table as far as whether they're going to continue allowing these alternatives to be called milk. They may, we might see them soon be changed to beverage, almond beverage, oat beverage. Which we'll I see. would agree better, to be honest, because sometimes, especially when you are not within the industry, we are not like under the science, it can be very confusing to say something milk when our picture uh, of milk is something different mm -hmm. understandable so any other thoughts that you would like to add eric before we sum this episode i think we've left the listeners with quite a few good nuggets here 
Awesome. So if you guys have any questions or you would like to uh, learn more about uh, milk or milk alternatives, feel free to reach out to me at Abraham Dietitian or Unlocked Fitness and Nutrition. And we'll see you in our next episode. Thanks for listening to Nutrition Nuggets podcast. Remember to subscribe on iTunes and Spotify. Share it with your friends and give us a rating. We really appreciate that. And make sure to go to at Nutrition Nuggets on Instagram to watch the videos as they come up.